think at various points throughout the podcast, it has come out that you are both in the Air Force, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So we can kind of make some assumptions about what your day job is like. I don't think anybody has any idea what I do on a regular basis. So here's how my day went. Um, on the 16th of December, FedEx had their Q2 earnings call. So now you say Q2, but it's December. That's right. FedEx's fiscal year is janky as hell. So I had to look at their statistics and compare them to UPS statistics and then send that to the vice president of finance for the airline. Now, all I got returned was a happy holidays. Thanks for the report. And you know what? I'm content with that. That was a, that makes a good day. <laughs> he, he didn't yell at you. So that's a big, exactly. <laughs> Your job sounds awful. You know, there are days where I don't mind it. <laughs> Today was one of those days. Actually, yeah, kind of enjoyed that. But that's why I got into you know, creating my whole college football playoff ranking uh, separate from all the other rankings. I'm a data guy. That's all I do. It's data Wait. stuff. Which, by the way, we'll get into this later, but for the most part, did not let us down in our bull picks this week. I mean, there are a whole lot of things that let us down in our bull picks before we get there. But but our tra- <laughs> if we listened to the trend ratings, it would not have. I mean, sometimes. There were only two that it lied to us. I've looked at it. Uh, all right. That's... So currently the trench ratings have a better record than us. <laughs> that's, that's good. I like that. It's good data. It's good data. But we're all back. It feels like the first podcast in a long time, but it probably it's only been like an episode or two since we've all been together on the show. So that's good, exciting stuff. I mean, well, we were all here episode. last Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't remember anything at all. Oh, Mondays, man. Um, but this is the first episode in a while, I know this is true for sure, where we don't have an entire page and a half of college football news. <laughs> so I'm sure you're excited, Bug. Oh my god. <laughs> like, I follow it enough, and I know, like, there wasn't a ton that we talked about where I was just lost, but at the same time I was sitting there, I was like, damn, this is a lot of stuff that I don't pay that much attention to. Well, I'm sure I will bring it all back up again in the off season. When we do our, you know, breakdowns preseason, uh, but we'll we'll get to that in the summer. Right now, we have all that NFL stuff going on, and I think it's time we just dive on into the news. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Speaking of dying, <laughs> um, that was a terrible transition. I feel bad about it now. We have a whole lot of uh, injury and COVID news to talk about, so <laughs> just reset on that. Um, yeah, a whole lot of people have COVID right now around the NFL. It's affecting a lot of things. We've already seen some games get pushed back, even though the NFL said they weren't going to do that. So we're recording do this we, on do Monday. Do we want to get into that a little bit? I mean, I know we've talked about it plenty, but there's there's so many layers to it, I feel like. Well, I just want to open it up, see what you guys think about delaying these games. Because I was about to say, it is Monday as we're recording this. There are still games this week that haven't happened yet, right? We have games on Tuesday now, which, I don't know, last season was the first time that's happened in a very long time. And now it's almost like, well, we can just push them to Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But they said they weren't going to do that. So what do you guys think about all this? And are you okay with it? I mean, at least we still get football, right? I, I enjoy that there's still football and I even enjoy football on Tuesday because I enjoy football any day of the week. Um, But the issue is the NFL came out and said they weren't going to do this exact thing. And then they come out and do this exact thing. It's annoying. Um, Man, if you say something, stick to it. Don't, don't flex mid season because the networks are yelling at you and they want their money and, they already paid you 
your money. So it's not like the NFL is making any additional money off these games. It's probably more the network saying, hey, we still want to get these games in because they were given to us and we have the right to broadcast them. So I, I do agree with you in principle that they made a stance. They should stick to it. Um, but at the same time, like, it's not just money there. If any of these games have gotten canceled, the players miss a, miss a check, which, again, these guys make plenty of money. They're not going to be hurting for missing one check. But something they have no control over. And maybe, you know, I know this isn't how it was written, but it was my understanding that, yes, uh, if a game has to be canceled because COVID or otherwise, the offending team will be given a forfeit, uh, yada, yada, yada. The vaccination rate in the NFL is better than I think they were anticipating. And to that end, it's not really fair that they've done everything you asked, still have this come up, but you're still going to make them forfeit. Like it's something that was completely uncontrollable. And so I, I understand, you know, I absolutely understand the frustration of stick to your word, do what you said you were going to do. But at the same time, there's, there's more variables. This isn't as cut and dry as it, uh, as it sounds on paper, I guess. The only saving grace for the NFL is it is getting some of the big star players back. So, for instance, OBJ is back for the Rams now. He was able to uh, produce two negative COVID tests. So that's I, I can see the benefit to it. It just it frustrates me to no end to make a stance and then go, eh, that that wasn't our stance. Well, I don't think they've ever said that wasn't their stance. Yeah, I don't think they've ever said that wasn't their stance. But I I wish they would have come out and said something to the effect of what I said, like, Hey, this is why we said it initially, but it is not the same, you know, it is not the same in December as it was in July, August, whenever they made that initial announcement. And if they said that, I, I, I would have a hard time believing you were even mad about it, honestly, <laughs> you know, but it's just, it, it is one of those things where there's no transparency and shocker there. It's the NFL. Right. I will say another thing about this. It's like, uh, you know, we I think we understand the COVID vaccine a little bit better now than we did six, seven months ago, to where we understand there can be some breakthrough cases kind of the deal, right? That's kind of accepted at this point, which I don't think everyone realized was possible before, even though, you know, of course, everyone, all the scientists find it, we're saying that, but it was, took a while to get through our heads, right? So I think, yeah, circumstances certainly changed quite a lot. For the past, I don't know, two years. <laughs> I don't think you can really hold anybody to anything they said six months ago, uh, even as terrible as that sounds. I mean, I it's fair. I think the most frustrating thing is that you saw a lot of games get flexed because of the amount of guys that are out. And, and I'm not going to sit here and want to complain that the Bears – are having to play with all the guys that they're missing because they're, even though they're technically not eliminated from the playoffs, they're eliminated from the playoffs. So it's like, okay, who cares? With the Rams, the Raiders, the Browns, even Seattle and Washington, uh, it matters. You know, they have to get that game in or it would have a huge effect on the playoffs. And to that end, I think protecting the league and the, can't think of the word, but protecting the league in that sense, I think, is also was also an important factor in this decision. So, other than COVID, there are also some regular old injuries going around. First up is the one that happened, you know, as we were recording, basically uh, last episode. Donald Parham took a nasty shot delivered by the ground itself, just. No, not contact, technically. He just, he just hit the ground funny and knocked unconscious. Apparently, he's okay. That looked a lot scarier than it is, apparently. But it sure looked scary. Yeah, just how how his arms froze. Like he, It's not a position that looks comfortable to begin with, so you knew he wasn't just fucking around like he knew something was wrong and the cameraman you know he I've, I've been there before you're just so focused on what you're doing you just kind of do it instinctively zooms in on his face and you can just tell he is not there 
And uh, they cut from it pretty quick at that point, but it, it took everybody a second to realize what actually happened because you wouldn't you wouldn't expect uh, to be knocked somebody to be knocked unconscious like that from how you know just how the place shook out. Yeah, absolutely. It's a scary play, and it was just a little, it, like it looked like an average play, like coming through. It didn't look like anything significant, but then you kind of see exactly how hard his head hit the ground and. Man, that was that was brutal. A couple of hamstrings and an ACL are affecting the Buccaneers at the moment. You know, okay, they have all the depth in the world, right? They had they had all. <laughs> well, what's significant about it is that all three of those guys go out in the game last night, and we'll talk right. a little bit more about the game here in a second. Not actually in our game section, because uh, something happened that was. Probably more worth, newsworthy than it is. Yeah, we're talking game about game all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, Evans going out and Godwin going out and Super Bowl Lenny going out. Um, I don't know and I saw Antonio something Brown about. still suspended. Right. Right. I know I saw something about Bruce Arians saying, you know, we have multiple running backs in the room for a reason. They just need to step up. And it's harder, it's harder to do than, you know, it is to say. Super Bowl Lenny, it's a pretty good running back. Yeah, I, I think he said it was Rojo's time to step up the way Super right. Bowl Lenny did last year. And, uh, you know, Godwin's done for the year. Leonard Fournette looking like he's probably done, at least for the regular season. Mike Evans probably be back next week. Uh, his his injury didn't seem as bad as the others. I would yeah, expect him to sit a week at least. I was going to say, with, with, with a hamstring, you want to give him time to heal. And – they're already going to make the playoffs. You're going to want Mike Evans healthy for the playoffs. Absolutely. Joe Mixon is also out. This one's an ankle sprain. And again, maybe keep him out a little bit longer because the Bengals are looking like they're still in the playoff mix, especially after a win this weekend. You know, got to keep your running back healthy, especially when he's – it's basically him and uh, Jamar Chase that are the offense at the moment. Yeah, that's Joe that checks. And what? Yeah, but and Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow only yeah, has well, yeah. one read to make. Exactly. He's well, Joe too, because Joe, Mer- Joe Mixon's out of the backfield too this season, which that's is pretty true. crazy. Um, and now the quarterbacks. We'll start with Teddy Bridgewater, who took a very terrifying shot. This one was a contact injury, not a non-contact injury, but he also got knocked unconscious. Got carried off on the stretcher. He can move all of his extremities. So once again, looks worse than I guess it is. But I'm sure he's going to be out for a week. He He's also out of the hospital and into concussion protocol. And Daniel Jones has been shut down for the season. Jake Fromm got some action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I- I kind of miss what happened with Daniel Jones. I think it was his neck had an injury there's, there. There's been a bunch of things going on with Daniel Jones this season, actually. Yeah. He So he didn't even start the game, and Mike Glennon just played so awful. Uh, I think it was the last series of the game. They let uh, Jake Fromm go in. He almost let him down the field. They just ran out of time. They weren't – I don't know if they were out of timeouts or just didn't really care about the clock at this point, but he let him down the field. Clock ran out, didn't – score I don't think he turned the ball over I don't think I don't think it ended in a turnover but he looked decent and I don't know I obviously he was never going to start over Josh Allen and his only shot was Josh Allen getting injured to even get a chance in Buffalo Uh, but I man he's absolutely the backup next year not going to be Mike Glennon in my opinion Uh, I wouldn't be surprised there was a QB competition between him and Daniel Jones because what he was able to do against the Cowboys sure garbage time but so it was it was nice to see. Yeah, there's been some discussion about the Giants possibly drafting a quarterback. So if they think they can work with Jake Fromm, that might be worth considering at least. I, but while you know, Daniel if, Jones under a rookie contract anyway. Yeah, and if you're if you put him in over Mike Glennon and you're ready to move on from Mike Glennon, might as well you shut down Daniel Jones, see what you got in Jake Fromm, and reevaluate at the end of the year. It's all it's worth a shot at this point. Right. But that's it for the injuries, right? Nothing else here? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, we like you said, we were going to talk about the Bucks Saints game a little bit more. Uh, just go for it, man. I know you're want to scratch at this one. Oh man! So first and foremost, Tom Brady is the best quarterback to ever play. So it shouldn't be too surprising. This is only the third time in his career he's been shut out. It's been 15 years over or close to 300 games. It was definitely over 250 uh, consecutive games without being shut out. And yeah, he did, he lost Godwin. He lost Evans, lost Fournette, but he, he just didn't play well at all. Even when they were in the game, he wasn't playing well at all. Uh, throws a couple interceptions. The last one, uh, he got baited into it. So essentially what happened is it, it looked like a slant or a crossing route. And he's following uh, Scotty Miller. And everybody kind of knows he's going Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller looks like he has a step or two on C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And just as Brady pulls his arm back, Gardner-Johnson speeds up, and the ball ends up going the other way. Now, great play by C.J. G.J. And the guy is a uh, a rat. He gets into people's heads. That's half of his game. Well, he especially got to Tom Brady here. Because uh, Brady runs up to the uh, Saints sideline, and it looked like he said "Go fuck yourself" to the co- to the defensive coaches uh, that were cheering for their for their guy for their team on the sidelines after that intersection. Now, I I don't have an issue with that. For the record, I love it. I love the intensity. I love seeing stuff like that happen. Like, I'm not mad that he did it. What I am mad about is the fact that the NFL doesn't flag him for it. That's textbook taunting and once again this week we saw some absolutely ridiculous taunting penalties but you're gonna let tom brady get away with that and i don't we i feel like we say this every couple weeks i don't understand why the nfl makes something a focus but their application is horrible and it was my understanding that taunting became a focus because they want these guys to be role models and that's great and everything but the best player in the league one of the best players of all time who is currently playing in the league goes and does something like that and doesn't get a penalty. You kind of lose all credibility. That that's why you're making this your focal point for penalties this year. Like you said, I've always hated that they pick one penalty every year and focus on it because that penalty gets way overblown, way overcalled, especially for your, your middle guys, like your guys in the middle of the pack who are starting to rise up but they never really call it on these top end guys. And it's, it's ridiculous. The entire thing is ridiculous. After watching this entire scenario, the only thing I really have to add is that I'm just really glad I'm not a surface tablet right now. That was (laughs) my kids have thrown tantrums like that. It was pretty fun to watch uh, Tom Brady do the same thing over there. The screen was falling off when he threw it, which means... Oh, the screen completely came out. Yeah. Like, absolutely insane. Golly. I'm glad I'm not on the sideline with him. (laughs) (laughs) That had to be a miserable locker room after the game. Oh, gosh. Losing nine to nothing? I'd be miserable, too. At home, we had a chance to clinch the division. Right. I mean, there's no way I wouldn't be miserable. But uh, I think it's all we got for the NFL, really. That was a third time in his career. That's worth talking about in the news. But it's probably all we got for the NFL. Like I said, there's a couple more games to go still. So, you know, we'll keep on top of the NFL as we do. But we have some FCF news, don't we? We do, we do. And if you follow me at Big Ben underscore 44 on Twitter. It might be at Big underscore Ben underscore 44 on Twitter. Or if you just follow at BDT Football on Twitter, you'll see that I retweeted and uh, tweeted a link for the FCF tryout that was in L.A. this past Saturday. Season 2.0 is starting in March. They've got a few more tryouts around the country coming here soon. So if you're interested, definitely go to fcf.io to get more information. I don't think it's too late to sign up for them. Uh, but you are running out of time. Season's just around the corner. I am excited for it. You know, I, I'm going to watch the USFL, but man, the FCF is going to have most of my attention uh, come time for spring football. Just saying, we still got to send Doug to Atlanta. <laughs> Let's do Please it. No. 
<laughs> Please, no. I would embarrass all of us. Um, <laughs> do have a little bit of college football news. Not as much as we have had. Um, kind of like what I said up top. But first of all, oh, Nix is going to Oregon. This is a very interesting fit. I kind of like it at the same time. I kind of don't like it. So what do you guys think about this? Convince me it's a good idea or convince me it's not either way. It, it's an I don't know idea um, because it's an interesting fit in an offense we don't know because it's going to be a new offense next year. So maybe he works, maybe he doesn't. What I do know where it is a good idea is Bo Nix is out there. He's going to get a fresh start. Oregon gets a quarterback that it needs, whether it's going to be a Heisman-level quarterback, probably not. But he does have that upward potential. We'll see. That remains to be seen. So I will say Bo Nix, I know, had a deal with Milo Sweet Tea uh, while he was at Auburn. I imagine that's probably gone. Uh, Also had a deal with Bojangles. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, probably going to get some kind of Nike deal, but I, I don't think this is similar to the Quinn Ewers from Ohio State to Texas fiasco. I do think he's actually going to be able to develop more as a quarterback, which is part of what the transfer portal was designed for. You know, it was not designed with this. Uh, NIL contracts and deals in mind. It was designed to give kids opportunities to, you know, play for other guys, get in different systems, play to their highest potential. And I, I do think Bo Nix is, is chasing after that. Um, maybe he just got scared of the, uh, the big bad SEC. Who knows? <laughs> well, if he did, not like, oh, this is really uh a huge step down in competition. Oregon loses all the time, every year. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see how he does. I have always considered him to be a, like, a decent enough quarterback, but never anything crazy special. Like, his freshman year, everyone was like, wow, this guy might have potential. And then he just stayed at that level for three years. So hopefully he can develop something here at Oregon I kind of hate it now that Mario Cristobal's gone. That relationship would have been interesting to me. But we'll see how he does, you know? Hey, I agree on all fronts. I was a Bo Nix fan his freshman year, and he just he tapered off, man. He never realized his potential. So I'm hoping this, this gives him that opportunity. Uh, one more thing before Nate Tug has a story here. But I wanted to... Throw something else on the board. A huge, huge shout out to Tyler Linderbaum. If you don't know who that is, he's a center for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And he's using his nil deals to do something a little bit special. So Iowa has a very known, at this point, tradition. Uh, During the third quarter of every home game, they stop and wave to the Children's Hospital, which overlooks the stadium. So Tyler Linderbaum said, hey, well, why don't we start using some of that name, image, and likeness money and give it to the Children's Hospital. So Tyler Linderbaum has just raised 30 grand for Children's Hospital there in Iowa. I like that. I like that story. Makes me feel good. That's, that's outstanding. And he's a class act all the way through. I, I enjoyed highlighting him earlier in the season, and man, I can't wait to watch him on Sundays. What's his What's his draft prospect looking like? Oh, he's he is a top of the first round talent, but he plays center, so he's going to go mid to late first round. I'll be uh, I'll definitely be ordering a Linderbaum uh, jersey there. That'd be sweet. Depends on what team he goes to. If he goes to the Packers, I doubt you will. I still will. If Patrick Taylor gets off their practice, if Patrick Taylor gets off their practice squad, I would get a, a Patrick Taylor Packers jersey as well. So, <laughs> well, all right, we'll see about that. But Tug, you had something you wanted to share. 
Go for it, man. Uh, dude, I've been watching this dude since he was like a freshman in high school. Just because I saw his name come across. I'm like, there's no way this is real. Sure enough, it is. Uh, was formerly committed as a, believe, two or three-star wide receiver to LSU. Um, he decommitted, so my eyes were like, where is this dude going now? But I'm here to tell you that the coldest to ever do it, Crawford, is heading to Nebraska. He's going to be a corn husker up there with uh, Scott Frost. But before you say, hey, there's no way that's this, this dude's name, I promise all of you his first name by birth is the coldest and his middle name is to ever do it it is absolutely fantastic this is immediately an all-name player in the ncaa just by signing and he's gonna go play up in nebraska with scott frost which just makes it even better so he's a receiver i can't wait to see them somehow magically be good enough to play alabama and have the coldest ever do it crawford go up against kool-aid mckinstry at corner Oh my god. <laughs> just have an all-name I'm, matchup. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out here now. If Yeti does not sign DeColdis to ever do it <laughs> to an NIL deal, Yeti is missing a major marketing win. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I approve. <laughs> Kool-Aid McKinstry did get a Kool-Aid deal, so you know, <laughs> dreams do come true. <laughs> but I think that's all we got for the news, man. Shorter news segment than normal. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. So we're in the heart of college football bowl season. One of the most wonderful times of the year, even though Tug hates it. So. <laughs> Just hate that it's things. pointless now. You hate people having fun. Just be honest with us. So. <laughs> <laughs> we had a bunch of terrible bowl games, and we had a bunch of really fun ones as well. That's just how it goes. We're going to have a whole lot more picks for you here shortly. Uh, but I want to go through some of the games that happened because there were some very interesting results. Do you want to start off by saying our records are not that great, but Bug is in the lead at 6-4. and four. <laughs> Like I said, not that great, but we're working on it. And then a couple of games to highlight here because there were some really fun ones. Uh, first of all, Northern Illinois should have beat Coastal Carolina. But some controversial calls later. Coastal Carolina gets a six-point win, 47-41, to 41, down to the tail of the greeter, Cure Bowl. That was a pretty good time. I thought so, man. There were there were a lot of great games this weekend, and uh, I'm still kicking myself for not going with my gut and taking UAB, and I will be mad about that pretty much all bowl season. Yeah, that was a three-point win for the Blazers over ranked BYU, like ranked by the playoff committee, ranked. Uh, UAB was nowhere near that conversation. So 31-28 for UAB. What a game for them. Uh, some Bigger spreads here, uh, so just some interesting results. Western Kentucky lit up Appalachian State. I thought their defense was better than that. But Western Kentucky put up 59 points, and in the process, the BDT quarterback of the year, Bailey Zappi, just put up uh, a record number of touchdowns on the season in fewer games than Joe Burrow as well. 61 touchdowns on the year for him. What a season, man. Unreal. Yeah, it really was. He he broke Joe Burrow's record in less games, both passing yards and touchdowns. Absolutely nuts. On the day that we're recording this, just got to see Tulsa beat Old Dominion. And uh, you know, most of us expected that one. I was mostly shocked out of all of this that Old Dominion made a bowl game. They're one of a couple of teams this season that had to win out down the stretch to make become bowl eligible and they're really like a few stories like that this season and they all worked out it was pretty crazy that we ended up with more bowl eligible teams than we had slots for bowls so we had a whole new bowl game created and we're gonna have to pick that one in this episode because uh yeah we 
we have a bunch more games today. We're taking a break for Christmas. I don't. We didn't say this up top, but we're not doing a show this Thursday, which means we have to pick these bowl games all the way until you'll hear this episode, this next episode, which means uh, we have a lot of bowl games to play. <laughs> well, let's go I, ahead. I think go before ahead. we get into our picks, we should remind everybody what we picked for the games that haven't happened yet at the time of recording here. But we got three games left, two games left. Two. Two. And I was going to start there, but good call now. So, famous Idaho Potato Bowl and the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. We picked them last episode because by the time this podcast comes out, the one that we're recording right now, right, the one you're listening to right now, uh, those games will have happened. And so we wanted our picks to come out before the game actually took place, right? I hope that makes sense. Um, so we did go ahead and pick the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Um, I took Kent State in this one. Wasn't unanimous though. Yeah, I took, I, took, State. I took Wyoming. Something about Wyoming, man. I, I got a feeling. Hopefully, I'm right. And the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. I went with San Diego State. Yeah, I went with San Diego State as well. And man, I hope the BGT trend ratings are lying to me here too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I went with UTSA just because I, it's probably a little bit of bias. I didn't see too much of San Diego State. I saw UTSA three or four times this year. So, I don't know. I think Trailers built something great down there, and I hope he ends up staying. Certainly signed a big enough extension to stay. Let's see if he does stay for more than one or two more yeah, years, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like I said, we do have a bunch of games to pick here, so nothing to do it. Nothing. Hey, wow. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. There you go. There you go. Let's go ahead and get started here. The Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bull Army versus Missouri. What do you guys got? Army. I'm going Army on this one. I'm going to take Missouri just because crazier things have happened. And, you know, why not? Uh, the, Frisco, the, here. the Frisco Football Classic. This is the bowl game that was invented for this season because there were too many teams eligible, including Miami of Ohio and North Texas. What are you guys going for? I'm going to go with the Mean Green. Uh, They improved a lot on offense down the stretch because their defense has been pretty solid. And the old saying is defense wins championships. And I think defense will win the Frisco Football Classic Championship this year. Sorry, that's just fun to say. I'm not laughing at my pick. I'm going to take Miami of Ohio. They've been a more consistently decent team for longer. That's the only thing I have to go off of. So, I know we don't usually throw out BDT trench ratings that are past top 10. um, But I'm going to here because I'm going to take the number 69. Nice. There it is. Number 69, Miami of Ohio. Nice. Uh, the Union Home Mortgage Jasperilla Bowl, Florida versus University of Central Florida. This game would have been so much more interesting if it happened four years ago, but it's not happening four years ago. It's happening now. Uh, what do you guys got? Uh, well, we uh, I will say we do have UCF as our favorite in this one uh, based on our rankings, and I don't think that's unjustified, but I do think UCF is not as good as they've been, and I'm going to go with Florida. I, I'm i going to go with UCF here. I think Emory Jones leaving, his mind is elsewhere, and Florida's going to suck again, so take UCF. Uh, the easy post, Hawaii Bowl, Memphis versus Hawaii, basically a home game for the Rainbow Warriors. That's why I'm going with Hawaii. What are you guys doing? There's no basically about it. It is a home game for Hawaii. Uh, I'm going to go with Memphis, but I am going to caveat this with I hope this game still happens. Uh, Memphis basketball just had to cancel their game against the University of Tennessee on Saturday uh, because of COVID issues within the basketball team. Now, obviously the basketball team and the football team aren't the same, 
But if it's something going around the athletic department at Memphis, I know they share a couple different buildings for X, Y, and Z, dorms, dorm life, all that stuff. So hopefully this one still happens, but I'm going to go with the Tigers. Well, we also don't know when they would have traveled to Hawaii. Maybe they're already down there. They are already down there. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm going to take Memphis in this one, too. The Quick Lane Bowl, Western Michigan versus Nevada. What do you guys got? So I took NIU uh, because I I know what NIU is capable of, and it was unfortunate that they ended up losing that game to Coastal. Uh, But down the stretch, they hit a rough patch, and part of that rough patch was against Western Western Michigan. And I think Western has – woefully underperformed for a, a good chunk of the year here. And now's their shot at redemption. I'm going with the Broncos. What do you got, Tug? Yeah, I'm going to take the Wolfpack in this one. Uh, man, I watched them play. They're actually a solid team. They almost pulled one out against Air Force. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Wolfpack. You know, I have Nevada written down here, but I think I'm going to go Western Michigan. They're if we want to take the transitive property of football, Western Michigan Broncos are the ACC champions this year with their crazy <laughs> win over Pitt. So why not? Uh, next up is the Military Bowl, Boston College versus East Carolina. What do you guys got? I've got ECU. They, uh, they've impressed me how much they improved. I knew they were better than they had been. Uh, I knew they were better than they had been for the past few years and finally getting to see them play, you know, with the way the American is, I hadn't seen Memphis play Eastern Carolina, I think, except once since the conference was formed. So very impressed with how far this program's come and Boston college, I feel like it's kind of on the other end of it. I think they're going backwards from what everybody expected and wanted them to do. I'm going Eastern or East Carolina as well. Boston College, just because, you know, the quarterback's back in action. Uh, The only reason they were losing all those games down the stretch is because they didn't have their quarterback. I'm hoping that fixes some issues for them. Take take the Eagles. Why not? Uh, Take it smarter. Birmingham Bowl. Houston versus Auburn. What do you guys got? This is basically a home game for Auburn, but uh, it's not going to be the first time Auburn loses to an American Athletic Conference team in a bowl game so i'm gonna go with houston yeah i mean uh here's the thing houston's a much better team houston should have beat texas tech and have been as much in the college football playoff conversation as cincinnati was and that american athletic conference game would have just been that much bigger of a deal than it was it didn't shake out that way but they are a very good team and auburn isn't I don't know. I almost I'm almost kind of talking myself into it just thinking about that uh, Iron Bowl right now. But yeah, uh, I, I I can't. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with stick with Houston here. I know it's tempting, but I, Houston really is the better team. I'm gonna take Houston. The Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, Air Force versus Louisville. What do you got? I mean, first off, I can't pick against my guys, and then second off. The BDT trench ratings agree with me, so I'm going Air Force. Yeah, you know, typically the strength of these academy teams when they're good is just the fact that they possess the ball and they run the triple option really well. But Air Force has just been something different this year. They're still doing that, but I, I don't under I don't know exactly what it is. It looks like they're running and running that offense so much better than I've ever seen. Uh, I've, I've got to go with Air Force. I'm taking Louisville because Malik Cunningham has gotten so much better over the course of these past two seasons. I really don't know that the time of possession battle is going to be as big of a factor for Louisville as it usually is for other teams. Malik Cunningham really can stretch the field, and they Louisville can score quickly. They don't have a great record this season, but I think the offense is better than people give it credit for. I'm going to take Louisville in this one. Need some upsets, you know? Uh, AutoZone, Liberty Bowl, Texas Tech 
versus Mississippi State. What do you got? I have well, – I know what Texas Tech is a Big 12 rep. But I, I don't understand why AutoZone and the Liberty Bowl didn't say, hey, fuck the Big 12. We're going to find somebody else. <laughs> Holy shit. Like – if Hawaii gets a home game, just throw Memphis in there. Let them play Mississippi State again. I'd rather see that matchup than this one. I'm going Mississippi State by a lot. I'm going State as well. Well, that's the exact attitude that happens right before a huge upset win. Texas Tech's going to win by a lot. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be very impressed. So will I, but I'm taking Texas Tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the San Diego something credit union I don't know what the other C stands for uh, the Holiday Bowl UCLA versus NC State uh, this one is all the way out in San Diego of course and yeah almost going to be almost. I don't know I, it's always weird going across the country and NC State is a couple other guys are already looking to leave for the draft. I think UCLA is going to be a full strike. I'm taking UCLA in this one. Uh, I would, except for the fact that NC State is just so much more physical. And I don't know. UCLA has looked better. They've looked a lot better. But something still isn't clicking about the offense for them. So I'm going to go with uh, NC State here. Yeah, I'm going NC State. I think they're just all around a better team. They were able to pull off some big wins this year, some close wins. Uh, I'm going NC State. And the last one we're going to pick today, the guaranteed rate bowl, West Virginia versus Minnesota. What do you guys got? A lot there more is... faith in Minnesota than I do in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's no reason for me not to take Minnesota in this one, so I'm going Minnesota. Kind of the same. I don't have any faith in West Virginia, which means West Virginia is probably going to win this one, but we're all taking Minnesota. And that yeah, does it for every, the polls. Every game where we agreed, the team <laughs> right. we picked lost. So. <laughs> uh, we, we only really all agreed on BYU and, and Jackson, Jackson State. State. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you if you look at the the history, the recent history of the Celebration Bowl, the MIAC has dominated the SWAC. So uh, maybe we should have seen it coming. Maybe, but man, Jackson State seemed like such a so much the better team. But Jackson you know, State was eleven and one. Yeah, everything everything's possible. So that does it for the bowl games we're going to talk about in this episode. We still have the FCS playoffs to discuss a little bit here. The semifinals just happened. We're down to the championship game coming up. North Dakota State beat James Madison, and Montana State beat South Dakota State. We get neither of our predictions last week. It was either going to be Dakota Marker or nothing, according to us. Well, it's (laughs) North Dakota State versus Montana State, which feels like it could be a rivalry based on geography. But as far as I know, it's not. Should be a fun matchup regardless. I, I know it's not on the notes, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say it, boys. Let's pick this one, too. Ooh, on the spot. I didn't prepare this at all. I'm going to take North Dakota State. I'm going to go Montana State because, man, they've had some big upsets both throughout the uh, throughout the season and then even even taking down Washington. Montana State plays up to its opponent, and that that does not bode well for uh, North Dakota State here. Hmm. Hmm. I think at some point the experience has to come into effect. And in that regard, I think you've got to give uh, absolutely the edge there goes to North Dakota State. So I I got to go to North Dakota State. So that makes sense to me. And with that, I think we're done with college. Uh, but we have some NFL games to review here as well. Well, you two do. 
Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, you had the Rams Seahawks, right? And that's going to happen tomorrow as we record this. So can't talk about that one. If you have any other bonus games you've enjoyed, feel free to step in. But I think it's time to hand it over to Bug. What was your game and how did it go? So my game to watch was Panthers-Bills uh, because I wanted to see if Cam Newton would be able to rebound, if the, if the Panthers would be able to rebound. And in a lot of ways they were, but when you're kicking, like all your kickers are out with COVID and you have to go for two. And I, admittedly, I forgot to watch the NFL this week, uh, just still settling into the new house and everything. I turned it on in the second half, and I never saw the Panthers punt either. So I, I thought I had seen that their punter was still active, but I, I never saw him take the field. Looked like classic Cam. They looked fine. Defense was stout. I know 31 points. You might not think that, but the defense looked great. They kept them in this game best they could. It, it's a rough look. The Panthers gave them all they had. Uh, 14 to 31. They got the two-point conversion on the first one. If they'd have gotten the two-point conversion on the second one, uh, they'd have been down eight. It would have been 16 to, what, 24 at that point. Instead, they were down 10, uh, and that really that really hurt them, made Cam start forcing plays. And I think that's how the Bills ended up getting their last touchdown. I'd have to go back and actually look. But it honestly ended up being a better game than I was anticipating. My game was... Houston, Jacksonville, um, just because the pain of it, <laughs> it was intentional drama. Did you see the fan on the field as the Jaguars scored a touchdown? Yes, I did. That is incredible and terrible at the same time. It was also the only touchdown that Jacksonville scored, so maybe they need fans on the field more often. Eat. Even better, he was calling for the pass. <laughs> that would have been incredible. I I want to know what the NFL would have done about that. Like, would that have been a penalty for some reason? Or Oh, I'm sure it would have. It probably would have been taunting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but uh, looking at the stat line here, it tells you some very funny things about this game. So Trevor Lawrence threw for 210 yards. Uh, that's it. Good job, bud. Nothing else. Davis Mills threw for 209 yards, but had some other stats to go with it. It turns out, you know, the two touchdowns part of that actually matters when you want to win football games. Huh. I did throw one interception, but two touchdowns, both to Brandon Cooks. He had over 100 yards. That's probably his best game as a Texan. I didn't look into that, but it sounds like his best game as a Texan, so I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Man, what a dumb, bad game. Exactly what I wanted. <laughs> All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highlight two things out of the Miami game. One, they've been trying for like three years since he got into the league to get Christian Wilkins a touchdown on offense, and they finally did. And, man, can this dude at 310 pounds throw down a celebration. My dude leaps up into the stands, then comes out and starts doing doing the worm, doesn't, doing the worm in the middle of the end zone. (laughs) And he does it fantastically. Then the other thing I want to highlight and shout out is uh, Duke Johnson uh, felt right at home in Miami again. Uh, returning to Hard Rock as part of the home team for the first time in his career. Also put up his first 100-yard game of his career. And added two touchdowns on top in a 31-24 win over the Jets. Absolutely fantastic game for Duke. Welcome home, man, and uh, enjoy it. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I had no idea Duke Johnson was on the Miami Dolphins. That's great. Yeah, they they picked him up. Uh, He's been on the practice squad for like three or four weeks, and they fought with all of our COVID issues in the running back room, they pulled him up this week. Oh, good for Duke. And it was really interesting to hear over the radio, all the fans in the stadium yell, Duke, once again. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that goes. Anytime somebody has a 
a U or a, even an O. Fans draw it out, and it sounds like boo, but it's not every time. Uh, so let's talk about our picks here. Um, I went with the Panthers just because I was trying to make things interesting. That never works. So I'm falling farther and farther behind you guys. But, Doug, you're really catching up, dude. I'm still one game behind Ben. Tuesday's game is really going to determine where we stand after this week. 100%. It's a a real shame, too, because we'll just roll straight into our players to watch here. Mine was Tyler Higby. So not only has he not played because the Rams haven't played, He's in COVID protocol. I don't know if he's even going to have the opportunity to get out of COVID protocol. It's it's an absolute mess. COVID protocol sucks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> is Jalen Hurts going to play, Tug? Uh, he is tracking to play, yes. Uh, okay. But he also does not play until Tuesday. Right, right. So I had the only guy who played. Luckily, I picked a great one that we're going to lead into a little bit of a discussion on here. So Jonathan Taylor had 170 yards and a touchdown. That's uh, six yards per carry against the Patriots, who have a pretty decent defense. Man, I've got to think, if there's any justice in the world, Jonathan Taylor ought to have some level of consideration for the MVP, especially with Tom Brady getting shut out this week. What do you guys think about is there any veracity to that? Does Jonathan Taylor stand any chance at all? I want to think I, so, but I kind of doubt it, honestly. I I hope he does, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's going to go to Aaron Rodgers at this point. He's got to be the front oh, right gosh. now. Uh, you know disturbing. I'm right. That's disturbing. I don't like it. I don't Please know. Please take like, it back. I don't, I don't even think that that's the reason why. I just... What wows you about the Colts? What gets you to tune into the Colts? And I don't even think Jonathan Taylor is the guy that's doing it right now. I was say, Jonathan Taylor is the only one that would get me to turn, up, turn on the, the Colts. The problem is, too, yes, he leads the league in rushing right now. And, yes, uh, he passed Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry was still playing, I don't think he's even remotely close to leading the league in rushing, though. Because Derrick Henry Fair. was leading for Fair. several weeks, even after not playing for several weeks. So... I don't. I don't know. You're you're right in that sense. However, Derrick Henry's not playing, and if Derrick Henry was playing, he would be at the probably the top of the MVP board right now. Unfortunately, that's not how this goes. But to your point, Jonathan Taylor hasn't made that consistent name for yourself for himself, which is what you need to be in those MVP debates. That's why I'm saying Aaron Rodgers got to be up there. Aaron Rodgers isn't even top five in passing yards. You know, it's a uh... You and I both know that doesn't matter. It's a journalist-voted award. Okay, but I feel like it should matter to some extent. If we actually look at the people leading the NFL in anything, I mean, Trayvon Diggs has 10 picks. That's not going to get you any MVP consideration, even though it actually probably should. Actually, Uh, I have an argument for why that shouldn't. Because Sabian Howard didn't get any? No, no, because he also allows the most yards. Yeah, he's he's in the top for allowed receptions uh, and allowed yards. We've all been questioning why people still target him, and it's because with Trayvon Diggs, it really is a 50-50 ball. In it's that, bust. It, yeah, it's either going the other way or it's probably a touchdown. Well, all right. Um, let's talk about the edge rushers, though. T.J. Watt is putting together an insane season. So is Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa. I would say all of them deserve to be in the conversation. I know they're not right now, but they all deserve to be. Another guy, too, Robert Quinn, is closing in on the Bears record for sacks. He's at 15 on the season. Uh, he just, Unless he just had a sack in this game. I think he did. Oh. Okay. And he just There's a game happening as we're recording. Right, and he's had he had another strip. It was recovered by Minnesota, but you know, after last year, everybody thought it was washed up. I was part of that crowd, and he's I guess he was hurt, took the time he needed, got healthy, and he has been an absolute monster this season. Man, if him and Mac are back next year, it's going to be at least something worth watching on the Bears. 
Especially if you have an what? actual coach. That'd be cool. Be cool. <laughs> Weren't you advocating to trade Mac earlier this season? Oh, absolutely. And if they trade him and get picks, I'm still for it. Fair enough. Another guy that I think ought to be in the conversation, but definitely won't be, be Bobby Wagner. I know the Seahawks haven't been that great this season, but he's putting together one of his, I don't know, best seasons ever. And he's already one of the best linebackers in NFL history. So, yeah, 152 tackles so far. Like, half of that is solo, over half of that. Just insane. Insane. I don't understand you know, how it would be possible for a guy to be pushing, like, I don't know, 175 tackles on the season and not have any discussion about him at all. Like, I don't feel like enough people are talking about how great Bobby Wagner has been so far. And the even weirder part, though, is he's not the only one with uh, 152 tackles so far on the season. Uh, Foyasadi Aluakun also has that for the Atlanta Falcons. A couple of linebackers are putting together just insane seasons this year. Absolutely incredible. I just I don't want to think the award's going to Tom Brady again, even though it probably is. He I really just, doesn't have that many MVP awards, believe it or not. He's only got two, I believe. That's two too many. Start the Tom Brady hate train again. <laughs> but that's all really all I had. I don't know if you guys want to add anything else to that discussion. I just I don't want to see it go to a quarterback again. There's nothing. There's nothing that's been wowing about any of the, any of the quarterbacks. But in you know, their defense, there's nothing that's been wowing about really anybody in the NFL this season. I don't know. Cooper Cup has been impressive, but you know, they're not going to give it to a receiver. Yeah. So not going to give it to a receiver, and they're sure as hell not going to give it to Matt Stafford. So, right. I don't know if I do agree with you though. I think Cooper Cup should get consideration. I just don't see it happening. Uh, the joys of the NFL MVP award. <laughs> but really, like I said, that's all I got. So so I guess that's going to do it for our show. Uh, finally, kept it to like roughly an hour again. That's the first time in a while. So that's exciting. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a little bit less happening around college football. Coaching changes, we're going to spend a lot of time on. Yeah, I have to. So I'm sure we'll spend a whole lot of time on Black Monday, too. Talking about the NFL instead. Um, but, you know, bowl season's still going on. We got all those picks in. We still got NFL football happening. We got three more weeks of regular season football, technically, I think. 16, 17, 18. So, yeah, I just had to say it out loud, even though I already did the math in my head. That's where I'm at in life. It is what it is. Happens to the best of us, man. Uh, Tug, do you have some links for everybody? I do. We will link them in the, in the description below. But as always, we have our Patreon.com slash BDTFootball, Twitter.com at BDTFootball, Facebook.com slash BDTFootball, Instagram.com slash BDT underscore football, BDTFootball.com, and Mailbox at BDTFootball.com. Hmm. Say that ten times fast. No, I'm good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I I had mentioned it since I've been back on the show, and uh, I figured what better time than right now while the Bears are playing on Monday night. I haven't uh, actually put anything out about their games. Uh, the last time I actually wrote something was Thanksgiving, and then with the move and everything, it just kind of just fell off to the wayside. Um, it's not that I don't care anymore. I do not care anymore, uh, but I did want to see it out through the end of the season. Uh, I don't know. I I think I'm probably just gonna gonna try and publish all of it in one big thing, and then publish one for uh, for this Monday night game. Hopefully, uh, you know. Hopefully, I'll get that all out and maybe get you guys something to read if you want to on uh, bdtfootball.com there. Uh, but I do have a question. Uh, for you guys, how do you make holy water? You boil the hell out of it. You boil the hell out of it. 
God damn it. So <laughs> I, I re I realized why the Bears aren't playing well tonight, and it's not just because they're the Bears. It's because they're wearing their Michigan helmets again. But ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show. Thank you for listening. And once again, you can't win the game. You can't, you can't, you can't.